This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation from Hurricane Battered, Georgia. Not nearly as bad as what happened in Florida. I'm looking at the live radar. The eye of the storm is uh, in Georgia now. It's crossed the state line. It's headed mostly east, uh, a little bit south of Homerville, Georgia, headed towards Waycross. Um Heavy, heavy bands of rain in Vidalia, Swainsboro, Statesboro, Dublin, um, south of I-16 and east of I-75. Uh, clearing out of Florida now, uh, down there along the coast, the bands of rain are disappearing. Jacksonville getting a few bands of rain and Orlando as well, still getting a little bit of rain. Gainesville too. Uh, but it's it's moving through. Uh, we'll assess the damage. Uh, it'll be daylight. Ron DeSantis has spoken uh, this morning. He's been up since 4.30. We'll be holding a press conference at 12.30. I assume many of you in uh, Florida on your affiliates there will be dropping out to take that. Governor Brian Kemp addressing Georgia on Georgia stations right now. Here's a little bit of Ron DeSantis. So we are going to have uh, the, the the full landfall impacts very, very shortly within the next couple hours, most likely probably by 0800. Uh, it's going to gonna make landfall uh, on Florida's Big Bend. So uh, please hunker down wherever you are. Uh, don't mess with this storm. Don't, don't do anything uh, that's going to put yourself in jeopardy. And there'll be uh, a lot of help coming on the back end of this storm and we're, we're ready to go uh, we as soon as it's safe to do so you're going to see uh, all these different assets deployed so uh, stay safe that was Ron DeSantis from early this morning uh, when, when he started his day it did make landfall around eight o'clock and moved upwards our kids were expected to go to school today but it wobbled a little bit to the west uh, bringing more rain into middle Georgia and school got canceled for us at six o'clock this morning there are flash flood warnings up 75 uh, all the way up towards Tifton, Georgia right now, Douglas, Georgia, um, Lakeland, Homerville, and the like. Um, and the rest of you in, in the Carolinas in particular, you're probably going to get some of this. Uh, Eastern North Carolina, a lot of, a lot of South Carolina probably going to be impacted, although the storm has steered further east uh, in South Georgia. Now, I know the rest of you really don't care about the hurricane, but... Um, for those of us of the Southeast, it's kind of a big deal. So Charleston uh, and Myrtle Beach and all, you're going to be impacted up towards Fayetteville as well. It looks like in North Carolina, 
um, eventually as this thing turns. Now, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. I want to spend a little bit of, of time here talking more broadly about what's happening. Because as a kid, uh, though I grew up in Dubai, Charlie and Philip, we'd come home during the summers. We'd spend uh, June, July, August to head back around Labor Day to Dubai. School started there around Labor Day. And so we would spend the summers. I am very familiar with hurricane season. Then we moved back when I was in 10th grade. We were there for Andrew. Uh, my daughter was born as Katrina blew through. We've had hurricanes since I was a kid in Louisiana. The news coverage of this hurricane seems devoid of all the context, as if hurricanes were not a thing before global warming. In fact, uh, you've got this massive array of of warriorism going on in the media about it. Bill Weir on CNN is one of the worst. He's their climate change reporter, and he's not really a reporter so much as a propagandist. Everything is to blame on climate change, and he's a guy who wrote an apology to his child explaining to the world where his child was conceived and how uh, depressed he was that he was bringing a child into a world that was being destroyed by climate change. Real optimist, this guy. Uh, seeding uh, despair and anxiety around the world with his reporting. Just listen to some of this from CNN. Right on a river here, as that storm surge pushes all that water up into these neighborhoods, that's the main concern. Yeah, I mean, and to that point, you just talked about this warmer water, historically warm water. These communities now are suddenly in the path of hurricanes where they have not been before. Is there anything that can be done to protect them going forward? That's an amazing question. It's the biggest sort of trillion dollar question about how you adapt communities like this to the world that we're already now living in at the same time trying to mitigate further more wicked storms down the road with more fossil fuel pollution. Um, right now, the Gulf is being reopened by the Biden administration for oil and gas lease sales. That's about to happen in coming weeks. There are lawsuits around that uh, right there, but it's the double bind of these sort of oil economies in places like this where they, they have that as, a, as an income stream, but also the cost of it is becoming bigger with every storm. Uh, science has been warning about this for a very long time. In many ways, it's been predicted. It's the speed that we're seeing these changes that has taken most folks by surprise. One more from him. Well, I think it's pretty good when it comes to directional modeling, um, but it's that rapid intensification that may catch residents off guard sooner than, than forecasters, just because when you hit, when it goes from 80 degree water to 90 degree water, and it just revs that engine, it, it may ramp up. We may wake up in the morning and it's a category three uh, that we went to bed, we weren't anticipating that. So that's one big part of it. And then there's the, yeah, very the ocean. Just, just stop right there. Just stop. Uh, everyone expected that it was going to become a Category Three storm, which it did become. I mean, he's uh, we, we didn't expect the rapid intensification. We're going to bed, and no one expects it. No, 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 no. Yesterday, Governor Ron DeSantis was telling people he expected it to become a Category Three storm, which it did. It's now a Category One storm in South Georgia on its way rapidly diminishing as it's over land to becoming a tropical storm and back to being a tropical depression. It's still got a, a defined eye in the radar from what I see, but he said, oh, no one expected this. Everybody expected it. I was talking about it yesterday. There's a story of the Washington Free Beacon, Associated Press coverage of climate bankrolled by dozens of left-wing foundations, of courts as well. 
The Associated Press is now bankrolled in part by millions of dollars from left-wing foundations, including one founded by 1619 Project author Nicole Hannah-Jones. The news organization last year announced a series of partnerships to subsidize reporters covering climate change, race, and democracy. A review of the donor roster shows that the vast majority of funds uh, come from left-wing political causes, while none are supporters of conservative initiatives. Surprise, surprise, surprise. We're seeing this more and more in press outlets. The William and Flora Hewlett Foundation spent $2.5 million on the AP's climate and education reporting verticals and sent $400,000 to its democracy journalism initiative. The Rockefeller Foundation, one of the country's largest private philanthropies in 2021, awarded the Associated Press $750,000 for a climate change initiative to increase reporting, quote, on the increased and urgent need for reliable, renewable electricity in underserved communities worldwide. The organization claims it maintains complete control over its coverage, but it's getting funding from left-wing groups to amplify coverage of climate change. It's not alone. Uh, major newspapers around the country are doing this. Uh, TV outlets are getting left-wing nonprofit dollars to fearmonger about climate change nationwide. I want to remind you again that what the media is not telling you is that volcano, the Hunga Tonga Hunga volcano, the actual name of the volcano, the Hunga Tonga Hunga volcano. When I covered it a few weeks ago, a left-wing journalist at the Hill decided to fact-check me to show that I was wrong. And in fact, the, she fact-checked me as wrong, and her own expert said, well, yes, the, 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 the volcano sending that much water into the atmosphere probably has affected climate. It's just too soon to tell by how much. They were predicting a 2, Celsius, two degree Celsius increase in global temperatures beginning this summer from the amount of water vapor that volcano launched into the air last year. We're seeing that. Everything they said would happen because of the volcano is happening, and now they're all saying, it's not the volcano, it's just general climate change. They're memory-holding the volcano that was predicted last year even by NASA to cause a huge heat wave and climate change um, distortions and lots of rainstorms, among other things, which is what we've seen. A mild spring followed by a heat wave due to the water vapor, 150 a uh, trillion metric tons of water in the atmosphere, something like that, a massive number. It increased water vapor in the atmosphere upwards of 20 to 25%. Water vapor acts as a blanket, keeping heat tracked. We've known this all along, and suddenly they've memory-holed it all, and, oh, we, we can't talk about the. We've got to talk about climate change. They're causing anxiety. The very same outlet that decided to fact-check me to claim that it was it was general climate change. That, that climate change is to blame for everything, not a volcano, just general climate change, now has this story up today. Climate anxiety on the rise as heat disasters provoke fear. Britt Ray's fears about a warming climate came to a head in 2017 when she and her partner first talked about having a baby. 
Ray worked as a science communicator at the time and was bombarded with scientific reports on climate change day in and day out, as well as reading several bombshell articles on the subject that came out that year. It was really that question of, do I sit with the uncertainty of how bad this all might get and how nations will respond and power holders will potentially act responsibly at some point, said Ray, who now works as an instructor on climate and mental health at the Stanford University School of Medicine. Do I feel okay bringing a child into this scenario? With disasters piling up and so forth, that really unleashed my own climate distress volcano. Ray, who ended up writing a book on climate anxiety, is not alone in her feelings. Climate distress or eco-anxiety is growing among Americans. Since 2012, the number of Americans who report feeling climate change is an urgent threat has more than doubled, jumping from 12 to 26%. The share of people who are frequently distressed by climate change is also going up. About 10% of Americans now feel nervous, anxious, or on edge about global warming at the least several times a week. I'm sorry, y'all, but I don't think it's a coincidence that the media got a bunch of money from left-wing outlets and started doing nightmare scenarios about climate change, refusing to be honest about what's going on. And now they're like, oh my gosh, Americans are scared to death. The world is going to come to an end. It has everything to do with the way they're dishonestly reporting about what's happening. The, the, the fear-mongering of people like Bill Weir on CNN, the fear-mongering of climate reporters who don't want to tell you the truth about what we're seeing right now is in large part because of a volcano last year. And by the way, we've had hurricanes. We've had a lot of hurricanes over the years. We've had lots and lots of hurricanes going back to when I was a kid. I want to remind you, these headlines, beginning last August from NASA, Tonga eruption blasted unprecedented amount of water into the stratosphere. The huge amount of water vapor hurled into the atmosphere could end up temporarily warming the Earth's surface. From NPR, August 3rd, 2022. The violent eruption of Tonga's Honga Tonga Honga Haipei volcano injected an unprecedented amount of water directly into the stratosphere, and the vapor will stay there for years, affecting Earth's climate patterns. The New York Times, September 22nd, last year, scientists say water vapor injected into the stratosphere by the volcanic eruption last January may have a slight, though temporary, warming effect. Live Science, September 24th. The explosive event increased atmospheric water vapor by a minimum of 5%. We now know it was over 20% increase. Nature, December 19th, major volcanic eruptions are well-known drivers of climate change. The effects of the recent volcanic eruption in Tonga on the 15th of January may be very different from previous eruptions. It may cause warming instead of cooling. New scientist, January 12th, the massive eruption of the Tonga volcano in January of 2022 has made it more likely will exceed 1.5 degrees Celsius of global warming in the next five years, but the effect will disappear by 2035. Carbon brief, January 15th, 2020, or 2023, the effect of Tonga's underwater volcano in 2022 may cause global temperatures to rise, raising the risk of at least one year in the next five will exceed 1.5 degrees Celsius warming. Physics.org, January 25th. In a paper published in the journal Nature Climate Change, a group suggests the impact will be large enough to push average global temperatures above 1.5 degrees Celsius. 
But the media doesn't want to tell you that. They want you to be scared. They want you to fear for your lives. They want you to think we didn't have hurricanes before climate change. They want you to think that this hurricane is somehow anomalous and behaving far differently from all the other hurricanes because they want you scared. And in your fear, they wish to harness it to wipe out the fossil fuel industry, put us all on batteries and reward China. It's fear mongering funded by left wing entities in the press. You cannot believe what they're telling you. I am a small businessman. The company that I run for my radio show, it's a small business. I've got employees. I don't have HR. You may be in that situation and you may really need HR. Well, you may want to talk to Bambi. When running a business, your employees can create all sorts of interesting situations and they could get you in trouble. What happens when two employees are squabbling? One of them smells bad all the time. What do you do? How do you navigate the rules? With Bambi, you get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 a month. They're available by phone, email, real-time chat. Onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance. Your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. Let Bambi handle your employees for you. Their HR autopilot automates important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Listen, you want U.S.-based HR managers who give you experience, expertise, a personal touch you need to make it seem like they're a part of your team. They can cost eighty grand a year, but Bambi starts at $99 a month. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast when you sign up. It'll help you. It'll help your company grow. It'll help you keep peace of mind. It's spelled B-A-M-B-E-E. Bam. B-E-E.com. Bambi.com. Type in Eric Erickson. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Very happy to have you guys with me. Uh, you know, get ready. There is uh, disaster relief funding problems coming up with the hurricane. And, well, they, they don't particularly, the, the government doesn't want to deal honestly with disaster relief. They want to tie it to Ukraine. Uh the dim-witted White House press secretary was on with Jake Tapper last night. Listen to this exchange. We just heard from the FEMA director today. She is worried about running out of funding, understandably. She called on Congress to, to approve the request for another $12 billion in disaster funds so emergency relief efforts are not impacted at all. We should note, uh, Corrine, that request for relief is paired, is combined with requests for more aid for Ukraine, which is more controversial uh, to many uh, in Congress, it might be a sticking point for them. Why not separate the FEMA dollars from the Ukraine dollars uh, so you don't have that problem for those who need this FEMA money as soon as possible? So the administrator came into the briefing room. She laid that out uh, for the reporters in the room, for Americans who are watching, and she said she'll have more to say. Look, as it re in regards to the supplemental uh, funding that the president has asked for, I don't want to get into hypotheticals. The president put forward what he thinks is incre incredibly important that we need. She didn't answer the question. She said it was a hypothetical. It's not. They've combined funding for disaster relief with Ukraine funding. So if you want one, you got to pass the other. As opposed to just doing a clean, this is why people hate Washington. It's so frustrating. 
One of the great groups that's fighting back against stuff like this is Patriot Mobile. Uh, they want you on their side. As you move your business to them, they grow their profits. As they grow their profits, they grow the funding of the conservative movement. You can go to PatriotMobile.com slash Eric today. PatriotMobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Move your cell service to Patriot Mobile. You get guaranteed great service, probably on the same cell towers you're already using. And then as they grow their profits, they grow their funding of the causes you care about in the conservative movement. They were set up explicitly as a Christian conservative company. They fund the Second Amendment, the pro-life movement, uh, the conservative candidates battling woke school board members around the country successfully, so I might add. And and they continue to grow. You move your service to them, they grow their profits, they grow their giving. That's how it works. And you get great service. You can call them, 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation with my name. Or just go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. If you're concerned about coverage, go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. They've got a great coverage map. You can zoom straight into your house and see how great the coverage is right there and everywhere you go. Patriotmobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be a part of the program, let's hop to the phones. Uh, Spencer, you're going to be up first. Welcome. Hey, Eric. Thank you. Sure. Uh, I got a question for you. Uh, interested in your opinion on this. I'm, I'm listening to your coverage about uh, the climate change fear mongering, and uh, you know, it's all. I know it's always been this way, but when you look at the news, it's all about stuff that we should be afraid of. You know, I feel like the tagline on the show should be CNN, be afraid, Fox News, be afraid. And um, I'm just wondering what you think about the fact that the stuff that they put out there for us is based on ratings. And so obviously, we as Americans want to see this stuff and hear this stuff. And I'm wondering what you think about what, it, what is it about the nature of man that, oh, that's... that craves this? You know, that's such a good question. Um, you know, if it bleeds, it leads is, is what they say about right. newspapers. And and we, we want the bad news. Um, now, you know, part of this, though, is is not so much our nature as what the media believes, because there are news programs. And in fact, there have been great podcasts during COVID of of just the good news. People wanted the good news and, and they went they exploded. People wanted good news, and and they were given it, and it it showed. And in fact, some news channels took the opportunity to do that. But but by and large, people are pessimists, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, people worry, and they want to be fed that. And fear is a powerful drug, particularly in the press, because if they can work you into anxiety, you keep coming back to find out more. I mean, it's why news outlets do so well. I mean, frankly, it, it, to some degree, it's one of the reasons Fox is, uh, and now MSNBC as well, have done so well. And, and now these other conservative outlets is it's always us against them. We're in a fight. Right. We got to give you the update on the fight. Uh, and people get emotionally mm-hmm. invested in that. It's no different than soap operas. Um, it's like, you know, yeah. so my grandmother, I've told the story before on here. My grandmother, when I was a kid, you know, she had the standard issue AT&T black telephone, uh, and she and her best friend, Miss Sybil Woodside would watch young and the restless in general hospital together. And, and they would be on the phone the entire time about what, what on earth is happening on this program. And they would get worked into a frenzy. And more than once did my grandmother put Victor Newman from young and the restless on the prayer list at church. Um, it is a, uh, the, the fear and passion is a real driver of, of people. 
And it, it goes, I guess, evolutionarily, it, it goes back to needing to protect yourself from the wild animal or the other tribe. And they have tapped into that. And, and mm-hmm. that's why they do it. And what I also do believe is that the media knowing that is preying upon people's anxieties and trying to twist everything into this climate anxiety because it's an agenda that they can advance. They, they want to advance an agenda, so they want you scared of something so that they can then provide a solution to what you're scared of. So let, let me step back and, and peel back the, the pull back the curtain a little bit in, in talk radio. One of the things that comes up in talk radio research is that a lot of people, uh, they're, they're just tired of hearing the belly aching. They're, they're tired of hearing the complaints. They know there are problems. What are the solutions? How can you offer solutions? And so you hear a lot of radio show hosts su- suggest solutions. And a lot of times the solutions are not really solutions. They're not actually going to solve the problem, but they give you a sense that maybe the problem can be solved and then the problem's not solved. So for example, I wouldn't go, go there now, but I'll blame Spencer. So Colton Moore, he's a state senator in Georgia. He is urging uh, state senators to sign a letter calling for a special session in the Georgia legislature to essentially uh, do something to stop Fawny Willis, the prosecutor in Fulton County who's prosecuting Donald Trump. He is naming some of his colleagues, Republican colleagues in the state Senate, putting their phone numbers out. Those state senators are getting harassed. He doesn't care that he's burning bridges. He is a uh, member of the state legislature who wants to stop stuff from getting done. He doesn't actually want to submit legislation. He was the one member of the state legislature to oppose human trafficking legislation, anti-human trafficking legislation. He, he likes to vote no. He doesn't want to, He's not worried about his legislation being killed because he has no intention of submitting legislation, and that's fine. I, I, I kind of like that about him. He's, he's a, a, an anti-establishment, uh, pro-Trump Republican who wants to burn it all down. Uh, The problem, however, is that his solution to call a special session in the legislature, it's working people into a frenzy. They're getting mad at his fellow Republicans for not signing the letter, but it can't happen. If he got all of the Republicans in the legislature to sign the letter, it still wouldn't happen. Why? Because what he hasn't told you is that it requires a three-fifths vote of the legislature to call a special session if the governor won't do it. The Republicans don't have a three-fifths majority. The Democrats won't go along with it. So he's working people into a frenzy. He's offering them a solution that is actually not a solution. And what's happening is his colleagues are getting attacked by people, uh, sometimes uh, just very angry and very disparaging terms for refusing to sign his letter when his colleagues know there's no point because there nothing will happen. And what he and others are saying is, well, you should sign it as a good faith show of support of the president of the United States. But if you get all the Republicans to sign it, you will have crazy people who don't know better saying, look, all these people, they they said, why why won't you have the special session? Why won't you have the special session? And then suddenly, and then suddenly, what happens? Suddenly the Republicans look impotent. You got all of them to sign the letter and they're not calling a special session. Well, why aren't they calling the special session? They're calling the special session because they don't have the votes. So there's no solution there. It appears to be a solution. And so what you're having people do, it's the nature of, of society and anxiety and people is you offer a solution that's not really a solution. 
then you can work people into even more existential terror and frenzy. And those people, I mean, maybe they fund you if you want to, if you're Colton Moore, you think Marjorie Taylor Greene's going to run for the U.S. Senate, so you're building your name and your your war chest and your email list to try to run for Congress when she steps aside to run for the Senate. You got your name out there as a, as a pro-Trump warrior. You offered a solution. The Republicans rejected, and, and you're mad as hell. You're going to fight, and you never tell anyone, well, your solution's not really a solution. You've got people thinking it is, but it's not because you don't have the votes, even if all the Republicans sign on. And what's happening is he's burning bridges with his colleagues, but he doesn't care because he doesn't have any intention to submit legislation. He wants to stop legislation, which is fine. I, I, I would be with him. If, if I were in the state legislature, I don't think I'd ever drop a bill. I would just vote no on everything. But it's not fair to, I think, people to mislead them. And that's what the media is doing with this climate change fear. that They believe it. Don't get me wrong. I, I think they really believe it. But when anyone pushes back on them with truth, they become very dogmatic. They become very fearful of the truth getting out there because they have an agenda. As long as the press is pushing a climate change agenda, they get donations from left-wing groups to fund their reporters. They, they, don't, have to, they don't have to use their payroll to pay these reporters. Left-wing groups are paying the reporters for them. And the scientists who have made money off of climate change, they get more and more grants. They get more and more funding. They actually benefit by the fear scenarios because of the amount of grants they get to supposedly solve the problem. The real winner, however, in all of this is China. China itself becomes the big winner because as they try to move you to electric vehicles. By the way, uh, if you're in South Georgia, 60,000 people are without power right now. Good luck charging your electric vehicle. If you're in Florida, the number's even higher. And by the way, if you've got a battery-powered vehicle and you're along the coast and it's flooded and you've gotten salt water into your car, well, try to avoid burning down your house when you try to turn it on. The people who had gas-powered vehicles were able to get out far more easily than the electric-powered people. The people with gas-powered cars could go further in the evacuation, and when they needed to stop, there were more areas for them to stop and get gas. There weren't enough charging stations, and when you did charge, you had to be there for 15 minutes to 45 minutes to get enough of a charge to go further when you were trying to evacuate. It hampered evacuation efforts, having people in electric cars. I bet you're not going to hear that story in the media. I bet you're not going to hear that story, and that gives you an idea of what's going on here. Let's just deal with this honestly and rationally. If you have an electric car and you're in a significant portion of South Georgia or Florida right now, you can't charge it because you don't have power. If you are on the coast in Florida and you got salt water into your car, it's going to catch fire more likely than not when you try to turn it on. That's what happens. And also, for those who are trying to evacuate, if you had a gas-powered car, you could fill up in five minutes and drive 400 miles. With an electric car, you had to charge. There were plenty of more gas pumps for people to use to fill up to evacuate Florida than there were charging stations. So people who were in electric cars either couldn't leave or got left behind or couldn't go as far when they evacuated before having to charge again. Is the media going to cover the stories? Will the media, because you know they can find anyone who had a scenario. If you want to find, uh, I mean, you, you name the scenario. 
if you want to find a mixed race, predominantly black, uh, lesbian who's missing an arm, who's transgender and Muslim in America, the media will find you that person. That person's a unicorn, but the media will find you that person. I guarantee you there was somebody in Florida who couldn't evacuate like they wanted to evacuate because they had a battery-powered car and there weren't enough charging stations for them to be able to evacuate and go very far. I guarantee you that person exists, and the media will not even go try to find that person because they don't want to tell you that story. They want you in the battery-powered car. They want you in the electric car. They want you to not know the problems with those cars. They don't want to have a conversation about all the people evacuating and there weren't enough charge stations for people to get charges in their car for them to be able to evacuate. They certainly don't want to tell you about the people with the trucks and the SUVs that took gas that could fill up in five minutes and go 400 miles. God forbid they tell you that story that might discourage you from getting in an electric-powered vehicle. They'll find anyone in America to tell you a story they want to tell you, but a story like this is too inconvenient to, for the left's agenda, so they're not going to bother telling you the full truth of what it's like to own an electric car when the hurricane comes and you can't charge to get out, or the wildfire, or any other natural disaster. One group that's raising the awareness on these issues is Americans for Prosperity. They want to educate you about the madness of the left's agenda and Bidenomics in particular and also teach you how to spark a revolution of the mind in your area and reignite the American dream. All you have to do is go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric today and sign up. They've got over 4 million people and they've got chapters in 36 states and they're growing in the other states as well. They're on a road tour right now, a bus tour, educating Americans about why Bidenomics is bad and how we can reignite the American dream. They teach their activists how to be advocates for limited government by going to local governments and neighbors and state legislatures and educating people on a positive pro-growth agenda that involves getting the government out of our way. Americans for Prosperity is one of the few groups that has not compromised its values over the last decade, fighting for limited government, free markets, and free people. That's why I like them. Americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Go check them out today. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Glad to have you on the program. This hour brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, First Liberty can help your business. You buying a building, 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 uh, buying a franchise, that's the sort of deal they specialize in. Uh, go to firstlibertyga.com, firstlibertyga.com, see if they might be able to help you. Let's go back to the phones. Bill, you're going to be next. Welcome. Hi, Eric. Love the hey. show. Thank you. I just wanted to rebut one of your statements that you were talking about electric cars and during the evacuation how. They can't get charged, you know, with the electricity being out. You also can't get gas when electricity is out because the gas pumps don't work either. So I'm not quite sure that's a valid point for you to make. Well, yeah, I do think it is because a lot of the stations down in Florida and South Georgia for hurricane season have generators so they can keep the pumps going. Okay, that's that's a valid point also. Okay, I can take that. Yep. Uh, yeah. Um, yep. If you go, I mean, you go, for example, um, there's a Bucky south of me um, or I go down to some of the quick trip stations uh, in South Georgia along the I-75 corridor. They've got generators to be able to keep the pumps going when the storms come. Uh, now, I guess you could use a generator to keep the electric par- cars charged, except uh, the amount of electricity generated by the gas power generator to keep all the charging stations gone is uh, deeply problematic uh, and kind of undermines 
the whole purpose of the electric battery powered car. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I, Bill, I, I do see your point there. Um, if a if a station doesn't have an electric generation capacity, but the other issue is before the power goes out, before the power goes out, there are what gas stations on every corner. You get off at the interstate, you get off an interstate exit, you got gas uh, stations at each of the four quarters, and then some. And you have limited number of charge ports. And then those charge ports, while the power is still on, you're in a situation where the uh, you got maybe five of them. They take 45 minutes to get your car charged where you need to go. It's like, remember the last week I talked about the story or earlier this week. The No, it was last week. It was the, um, the CEO of Ford was driving from Sacramento to Las Vegas in an F-150 Lightning. And it took him 45 minutes every time he stopped to try to fill up with power to get to Las Vegas. And even he was complaining about the ridiculously long time it took. And even when they go to the Tesla supercharging stations later this year where they can fill up even faster, it's still going to take 20, 30 minutes. Um, I I just, again, though, it's it's a relevant point you're not going to hear from the media. If the media wanted to go find the one-armed, multiracial, lesbian, Muslim who's transgender, they would find that person. Whether that person was real or not, they'd find someone to pretend to be that person. You and I know there's someone in Florida with an electric car who struggled to get out of town in the evacuation while the power was still on because they needed to put power in their car. They couldn't find a relevant charging station, and when they did, it took them so long they could only go half the distance they otherwise could if they had a gas-powered car. The media is not going to find that person. They're not going to tell that person's story because it would be too inconvenient to their narrative that we all need to get out of our fossil fuel engines. It's because the narrative is more important than the truth. The narrative trumps everything for the media. And that's why fewer and fewer people trust the media. And and you know what the downside of that is, in all honesty, is people are going to, they're, they're going online. They're going to find the voices of the people who, who tell them what they want to hear. You know, this, this is in all honesty. Let me bring the Vivek Ramaswamy into this. A lot of people gravitating towards his campaign. Here's my problem. I am always cautious about people who come from nowhere and tell you everything you want to hear, which is what he's doing. You didn't even know how to, you didn't even know he existed last year. And a month ago, you didn't even know how to pronounce his name. And yet here he comes telling you exactly what you want to hear on every topic. That is always a big red flag to me about people. It's like, you know, in in Scripture, Paul says, don't let the new convert be in positions of leadership. you got to make sure that person's solid first. got to discern where that person is. And sometimes they're the overeager zealot who goes too far. you got to tread lightly. When someone shows up out of nowhere, you've never heard or seen them before, and suddenly they're telling you everything you want to hear, red flag, red flag, warning, warning. And the media, they want to tell narratives, and you go online to find someone to combat those narratives. You find the person who tells you exactly what you want to hear. They may be a fraud, a grifter, or a charlatan, too. You never know. you you got to be careful. People are playing on your emotions. They're preying on you online for their own benefit. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.